So what are aspects? In astrology, there are four main components we need to look at in order to really understand the chart and get the full story of what's going on. Those components are the signs, the houses, the planets, and the aspects. Aspects seem to be the one that really trip people up a lot, so I want to dedicate some time to going over them. They really do help refine the chart and can actually shake things up and reveal some really awesome information once you know how to use them. So what are aspects? Aspects are how the planets communicate with each other. When we're looking at aspects, we're actually analyzing a relationship between two planets. So if the sign is the attitude, the planet is the subject, the house is where the planet is displaying their attitude, and the aspects are who they're giving attitude towards or with. It's really just a conversation. The type of aspect being made determines how the conversation is going, the tone of the conversation, the attitude. So the planets involved in the aspect determine the topics being talked about. An aspect is actually referring to the angles that the planets are making to each other. So we're literally talking about specific degrees here. This is another reason why accurate birth times are so important because the aspects between planets can change greatly depending on the speed of the planets involved. So say you have super fast moving planets like the moon or Mercury. Well, even just being a couple hours off is going to change things for the moon especially, and that can change whether the moon is aspecting another planet or placement or not. I also want to say that planets aren't the only placements that can be involved in aspects. Our midheaven, ascendant, the asteroids, Chiron, Lilith, they can all be involved in aspects. And typically they are, and again, it really helps to refine what's going on. So just think of aspects as a conversation. There are five main aspects that people tend to pay attention to when they're reading a chart or when they're looking at a chart, and these are called the major aspects. The major aspects are trines, sextiles, oppositions, conjunctions, and squares. There are minor aspects, but we're not going to go into those today, so just don't even worry about those for the time being. Not that they aren't important, but for today's sake, and just in general, really, I don't see too many people talking about minor aspects. If you are really getting into a chart and you're doing something that's electional or horary, I think it's more important, but for my purposes, I generally don't go into minor aspects too much. I will go over them at some point on the podcast just to go full circle with everything so we cover them, but don't worry about them today. We can break the major aspects down even further into groups called harmonic and dynamic. You've more than likely heard them called hard and easy aspects, but I prefer the words harmonic and dynamic because I think they describe the relationships more accurately. So harmonic aspects are ones where the conversation is flowing smoothly. They tend to be positive and they bring a sense of goodness or they ease tensions. Just all around good vibes when it comes to the harmonic aspects. Dynamic aspects are where we generally see tension or disagreements in the conversation. They tend to indicate an area where we might have friction in our lives or we come across some blockages. But over time, they're extremely fruitful and a lot of goodness can come from them if you take them seriously. Just like anything else in our charts, 
It's about knowing our strengths and our weaknesses. The harmonic aspects are trines and sextiles. The dynamic aspects are squares and oppositions. Now, you may be wondering what about conjunctions? I would say that conjunctions are more neutral. They are typically considered to be harmonic, but there are a few cases where they're just kind of neutral or even teetering on dynamic. The planets are basically combined when we have a conjunction. And if we're sticking to the conversation analogy, a conjunction is when the planets say the same thing at the same time. So whether it's harmonic or dynamic depends on how well those two planets get along in general. If you and your best friend say something at the same time, it's cute. If you and someone who annoys the piss out of you <laughs> say something at the same time, it's annoying. So that's the analogy I'll give for conjunctions. It all depends on how well those planets get along in general, if it's going to be a more harmonic or dynamic situation. Let's explore each of the major aspects a little deeper now. We'll start with trines. Trines occur when two placements are 120 degrees apart. Trines typically occur among placements in the same element, and one of the reasons trines are a smooth and flowy placement is because the elemental energy is understood between the participants of the aspect. Trines are considered to be an all-around positive aspect that just bring good fortune and harmony. The possible downside is that the native can end up being lazy because things have always been easy for them. Sometimes there's more to be discovered or there's more potential waiting in the wings, but we don't go looking for it or try harder because things are already pretty good. This is especially true when we have a placement called Grand Trines, which we'll go over in an episode down the road. I plan on talking about Grand Trines, Stelliums, Yods, all of that at a later date. We will get to everything. There's so much to get to. I say this a lot. You guys are in my DMs saying like, what about this? What about this? I will get there. I'm only putting out one episode a week. You cannot make me put out more than one a week. I know you guys want that, but we're sticking with one a week. And so we will get to everything, I promise. So while lots of trines make for a really harmonious chart, it can mean that there's also not enough tension or friction to shake things up. It's kind of like everything's perfect, so why would we change? We're perfect, so why would we do anything different? That's kind of the vibe if you have a lot of trines going on. Things are going to be good, and they're going to stay good, but they might not ever become great because you don't push yourself. Sextiles. Sextiles occur when planets or placements are 60 degrees apart. Typically, since it's 60 degrees, that means water and earth will be paired up and fire and air will be paired up when we're making this aspect. Again, the energies between these signs are going to be fun and flowing because there's a synergy. Everyone knows fire and air hype each other up and water and earth hold each other close. Basically, the elements being paired up like each other and they get along, so we see nothing but chill, easy vibes. Sextiles are positive aspects that show a good-natured connection between whoever is involved. They aren't as outright in-your-face positive as trines are. This is definitely a more relaxed, easygoing type of conversation. So where trines are kind of like the most school spirit, they're really hyping each other up, like this is great, this is harmonious, we're having a wonderful time. The sextiles are more we're chill, we're helpful, and we like to de-escalate the situation. So sextiles can be really helpful if there's a tough transition or if there are a lot of 
dynamic aspects going on in the chart at the moment. They can really ease the tension and just kind of bring the temperature down a little bit. So the only downside to sextiles is that chill factor. These aspects aren't very action-oriented. There's no friction to make anything happen, similar to the trines. There may be a tendency to be a little lazy or overlook the bigger picture. So both sextiles and trines are, they're just chilling. They're having a good time. They're partying. They're just like, man, everything's cool and smooth. Like, don't change the station. Keep the vibe where it's at. We don't need to change anything because we're good. Now, let's get to the good stuff, the deep stuff. We're going to talk about squares. If you know anything about squares or have heard much about them, it's probably that they're bad or challenging. And while they can be challenging, they certainly aren't bad. Squares occur when placements are 90 degrees apart, and more than anything, they indicate areas where we need to pay a little extra attention or we need a little extra push. Squares can be extremely beneficial if you put in the work. These aspects help us recognize the unrealized parts of ourselves, or even the parts of ourselves that need more time and energy to become fully developed. While squares produce tension, they also induce action and create results should you take that action. Honestly, looking at your squares and understanding what placements need tending to is a huge strength. Squares are kind of like our blind spots, but they don't have to stay blind spots. They don't have to stay that way. If we work on them and acknowledge them, there's so much potential for growth. So I didn't give you examples for the good placements because I think those are much easier to understand. It's a lot easier to look at our chart and know what our strengths are because we like our strengths. But I am going to give you examples for these dynamic aspects. So for me, my moon is square Saturn. So looking at that just face value, that means I have the tendency to be emotionally rigid. I'm not always in tune with my emotions, and that's definitely me. I am much more of a logical thinker than an emotional thinker, even though I have a lot of fire. It's really a grounded and, a, and intuitive. It's not an emotional fire at all. It's an intuitive intellectual fire, which is very interesting, believe me. It's a, it's a weird one to tend to sometimes. I have learned as I'm getting older and trying to work with that blind spot that when I open up to my emotional world, if I can get it to open up, when I open up to it, interesting things happen. I don't know. See, I'm being very intellectual about it right now because it's it's very hard for me to understand. It's very hard for me to understand the value and merit in being emotional really, if that's just the truth. That's the blunt truth. I find it hard to find merit in being emotional. (laughs) I see the merit for other people and I see it and I'm like, wow, that's great. Logically, yes. On paper, emotions are good and they make sense. But for me to explore them personally, that's a whole other story. So I really do have to work really hard to get in tune with my emotions. And the flip side of that is if I don't have boundaries with my emotions, if Saturn, if I say, okay, let's throw caution to the wind and, you know, let's open up the floodgates, it's a mess. You don't want to do it because then I have this untethered rage, so to speak, because it's an Aries moon. That's, this is where the placement, the zodiac sign comes into play. 
So that Aries moon gets untethered and then it's just rage. People think it's going to be good for me to be emotional and I don't think they know the whole story. (laughs) So it's better for me to definitely keep my emotions neat and tidy, but I do need to strike a balance between completely squashing them and allowing them to come to the surface sometimes. So that's just what my moon square Saturn is for me personally. Let's talk about oppositions now. Oppositions are pretty straightforward. It's when two placements are 180 degrees apart from each other, so literally completely opposite of each other in your chart. So this means that they're going to be placed across from their sister sign, which as we know, Sisters get along really well sometimes, and sometimes they fight to the death. And when I say sister sign, that's just like the fun, trendy way you say the uh, sign that you are opposite of. So Sagittarius is opposite Gemini, Virgo is opposite Pisces, things like that. Since the placements are so far apart, there's going to be a lot of differences. These differences are going to make it hard for the placements to understand each other and just know how the other functions. It's not that they dislike each other outright or that they're fighting. They just need to learn to compromise and see the strengths and weaknesses of each other and find a way to make them mesh. So you're taking two things that are known to be opposites and you're trying to get them to fit together. The saying opposites attract is going to be key here. If you can find a way to make these placements have complementary opposites instead of contrasting opposites, then it's going to be a winning combo. And I have yet another wonderful example for you. So my Mars is in opposition with my sun. My sun is in Sagittarius and my Mars is in Gemini. So here I have a battle of vitality is what I like to call it. My energy is extremely scattered and I work really hard to hone my energy, to focus my energy, because the Gemini Mars all over the place. And Sagittarius Sun kind of feeds into that. They're like, yeah, that's cool, that's cool, but we can't ever get anything done sometimes. I've gotten a lot better at this. I'm much better at my opposition than I am my square. I think oppositions are easier to blend the energies than squares are because If you look at squares, 90 degrees, they're nothing but hard angles. So they literally are hard aspects. But with oppositions, you can kind of get the two to run in parallel, in a sense. So I understand that my Sagittarius and uh, my Gemini, those two, the, the Mars and the Sun, they want to get so much done, but they have different ways of going about it. One is looking at all the little details and getting into everything. And one is only looking at the big picture. So if I can get them to just be in line together and hone my energy towards one big goal, then I've got it. No problem. And I've talked about it before on the podcast where I've really been focusing on only two or three projects this year instead of putting my hand in everything. And I've seen a lot of results. It has been really crucial. And I'm really glad that I implemented that kind of rule for myself to not put my hand in too many pots this year, and uh, it's been working out. So definitely look at your dynamic aspects. Look at those squares and those oppositions and see where you can maybe tweak things in your life. See where you can be like, okay, I need some discipline here, or okay, I need to be a little more relaxed with myself here. You'll figure it out, and honestly, there's gold there. So look at them. Conjunctions. 
Conjunctions occur when two placements are basically right on top of each other. Literally. Conjunctions are zero degrees apart. When conjunctions happen, the placements blend as one. Their energies are so close that they combine to become this one big mega energy. This is why I put them as neutral. If the energies combining run smoothly and they like each other, it's a great thing. But say you have Saturn and Jupiter on top of each other. Well, that's a lot of energy and very different energy at that to share the same space. That's the planet of yes and the planet of no. The planet of no boundaries and the planet of boundaries living in the same house on top of each other. So it really depends on the players and who's involved and how this is going to shake out. If you had Jupiter and Venus, the two benefics on top of each other, it'd probably be a smoother situation. The signs also come into play. So if you had Jupiter and Saturn on top of each other in conjunction with each other, but they were both in Capricorn or they were in Capricorn and Aquarius, it might be a little bit smoother of an energy because the sign that they're in has the attitude. It gives them that attitude of, okay, yeah, we typically don't get along, but under Aquarius and Capricorn, we kind of have the same agenda. So that's why I say this one can be either harmonic or dynamic, but neutral overall. So those are the major aspects. It's not so bad, right? It's really not that bad. It's not as scary as it's made out to be. I think when you look at your chart and you see all these different colored lines being drawn between things and you see the symbols of the aspects, you see the triangles and the weird line with the balls on it and the asterisk and you're like, what is going on? Like, what is all this? But really, it's not that bad. It's just the conversations the planets are having. So now that you know what these aspects are and how they function, take a look at your chart. Look at it. Where are your blind spots? Where are your natural gifts? What is uh, flowing and easy for you? And what do you have to put more work into? Find out what planets and placements are getting cozy and which ones are ready to flip over the table and throw a punch. I know I said I wasn't going to do an Outer Planets episode like I did for the the seven personal planets, but I do have something else in mind. Since the Outer Planets are still so important, I'm going to be talking about the Outer Planets and their implications via aspects. So make sure you really study the major aspects and you understand them, because over the next couple weeks, I'm going to be coming in hot with all the various aspects of Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. Until then, you can find me on Instagram at moonmatters.astro or on Twitter at moonmatters. Don't forget to leave a rating or review if you're listening on iTunes. I would greatly appreciate it. And uh, yeah, just have a great Taurus season. I hope that good things happen for you and that you just chill out. It's Taurus season, baby. Just, you know, take a breather. All right, my babes, I will see you all later.